There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombach, and we've got an awesome show for you coming up. This week, I was joined by Carlos Velasco, founder of Velasco Consulting, a relationship development firm. Carlos has extensive experience and expertise working with Phoenix's Latino community. We had a great conversation that went from the challenges and opportunities facing the Latino community to how companies and individuals can partner with that community and how we can all work together to positively advance the community as a whole. You can find out more about Carlos and what he's working on at VelascoFirm.com, V-E-L-A-S-C-O Firm.com, as well as some social media, which is listed in the show notes. If you'd like to take additional action, click Contact Us in the show notes, and we'll get you what you need to make that happen. Thanks, as always, for listening. Please share us on social media. That's enough about that. Let's go. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining us in spirit today is Centauri Minor. So hello, Centauri. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is my good friend, Carlos Velasco. Welcome, Carlos. Hey, George. How are you? Thank you so much for the Doing opportunity good. to be here. And Carlos, we've known each other for the better part of probably 15, 16 years. Yeah. So a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are the, the president of Velasco Consulting. So tell us a little bit about what you're working on. Yeah, so um, our organization, uh, the core of our mission is to leverage the power of the human element for social good. We are deeply invested in this idea that nothing happens without meaningful relationships. And we know and understand that there are a lot of people out there trying to do meaningful work, um, trying to push um, their communities forward. So we want to play a role in being connectors and facilitators of those leaders um, to make um, to, to have greater impact. So again, in everything that we do, we believe in, in leveraging those connections, leveraging those um, relationships for uh, our clients and their needs to connect and interact and, uh, and, and, and build their brands. Nice. Excellent. I always will open the show with asking Centauri a, a question, uh-huh. and it's not that I'm trying to stump him ever. And even if I wanted to, it would be really hard to stump Centauri. But I was going to ask Centauri today what the difference between Latino and Hispanic was. Um, and I don't know that he would have been able to answer one way or another, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you that question. Ah, interesting. You know, I don't, I don't, I know there's a historic background, um, that I haven't to be fully on. I think I've read it a, a while back. Uh, I think really as I think of preference and sentiment and feel, I feel that because of my connection to the way that I've evolved in my own immigrant story, I connect to Latino a bit more. And to be fully honest, at one point I didn't even like the label Latino, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, but I think it's just a thing of preference, and, and really, I think it's on an individual basis. Some people prefer to use Hispanic, some other people prefer to use Latino. Got it. Fair enough. Yeah. It comes down to personal preference sometimes. So Or community preference in that sense. Some organizations want Hispanic, some other organizations want Latino. But Got it. And when, when you and I met, we became involved with a group here in Phoenix, the Arizona Latino Research Enterprise. Right. And so that was, for me, growing up in Minnesota, my first introduction to the Hispanic Latino community. Mm-hmm. And we met a lot of wonderful people um, in that group. And I'm still friends with many of them, and I know that you are as well. Yeah. Um, 
from there, you went on to work with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I would say that you certainly have a great deal of experience and expertise in working with the Latino Hispanic community here yeah. in Phoenix. So, yeah. um, what what draws you to that? I think um, is I mean I think it was really I think it all started when I came to Arizona. I think here is where I've been here, like you said, for 14, 15 years now, and uh, actually through our relationship and the work we did at that time with New York Life is where I became exposed around the Latino community and the many needs and opportunities. So I felt Arizona particularly provides a platform where um, you're really building that history and building the foundation for what the Latino community is going to mean to the growth and the vision that many people have for the state. So uh, I I felt what draws me is this idea that, hey, Latinos are going to play a critical role, and again, in that foundation of building the personality, the feel, the look, uh, in the history of Arizona. So I feel that that opportunity historically is not given to many people. I mean, if you, when I was in LA, that had already happened. I mean, I mean, there's a progression in the work, but the foundation builders came long ways where I feel that Arizona is still in the foundation phases of um, how Latinos impact the state in a positive way. Got it. We recently had Mayor Greg Stanton on the podcast, and he talked about how he felt that one of the greatest assets that Phoenix has is its Latino population, mm-hmm. and certainly its growing Latino population. Um, so from your perspective, and I don't know that you listen to the show necessarily, but um, why do you think that he feels that way? Let me, let me ask you to, to, to read the mayor's mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I think the mayor has been... Um, um, his leadership process has always been very integral in, in really being part of the Latino community. I mean, in every Latino space that I'm in that, that is critical to the growth or the agenda or the vision the Latino community is, is, is pushing forward, the mayor has been present. Um, the mayor has taken the time to hear those Latino leaders who have um, the need to serve their communities and understand how to support those visions. So I think this is why the, the, the mayor is able to recognize that, that the Latino community plays a critical role in, in the vision for the city of Phoenix. Um, and again, I've always been very grateful every time that I've asked for an opportunity. He's always been very um, mindful of, uh, about saying, yeah, of course, let's meet and see what you guys are doing and see how we can support those efforts. Got it. Excellent. So I know that as, as a Phoenician, I try to be an active member of the community. I, 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 I want to understand as much as I can, I, I, I want to understand the good stuff and the bad stuff and have an impact wherever um, wherever I can. So just to, to try to better understand um, some of the, the, the great opportunities that Mayor Stanton is referencing, but also the challenges that the Latino community here in Phoenix is, is facing. Um, why don't we start with, with, with some of the challenges, or we could start with the... With, with the good stuff, whatever you prefer. Uh, well, I think it's, I think there's a lot of good stuff from a standpoint of the, um, the, the desire and the passion that a lot of the Latino leaders have in, in, in being part of the conversation around um, leaving the mark and the contribution that Latinos can have to the vision for Arizona. Uh, so that's very exciting as you see a, a big movement now of political leaders, business leaders, uh, philanthropic leaders saying about, hey, What's the role that Latinos need to play? How critical is our role in, in again, in making Arizona what, what, it, what it wants to be, what it's seeking to be? So that's, that's very exciting. 
Um, the challenges that we that we face still, I think, come from a standpoint of int integration. Um, I mean, you if you go, I think that maybe Latinos in some aspects are two to three three generations deep, and some other Latinos like myself. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm, I came here when I was 13 years old, and then the the, the melting pot that, within the Latino community itself. Uh, maybe in Arizona it's a little less because the, ma the, the majority of the families that reside here come from Mexican and Central American backgrounds, but it still presents a challenge. So uh, I think the, the challenge primarily is that primarily well, what I've recognized has been sometimes mostly systematic, um, under, uh, helping the Latino community uh, understand the systems of banking and wealth building and education and civic engagement. Uh, in many ways, immigration. You know, a lot of us uh, come here and just don't have a systems. Um, there's no, there's no systems guide to like how to integrate and understand the systems. And I mean, sometimes even with law, law and order, uh, a lot of times uh, we don't understand necessarily the impacts of how the laws operate and work. And um, without knowing, you do things without later on realizing, like, oh, well, I didn't know that. That's something that it's not. Uh, it, it's, it's not so much. Um, and what is it? That it's not something that benefits my my personal growth. So, I think that those are what really where I see the, the primarily the, the big challenges in our community still is that system system adaptation and in some other ways mindset. It's also changing the mindset. We come Latin American culture mindset because of a lot of the challenges that we face sometimes with political corruption in our countries and the way things work. Sometimes we carry some of those mindsets here and then we kind of face that cultural shock. Hmm. I think that that really makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's a distrust of, of, of government? Yeah, in some ways there's a distrust of government. Um, there's a distrust primarily of systems. So I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a story. Um, when I lived in Ecuador, I still remember my, um, one of my, my family went through this. The country at one point decided to take possession of the banking system. So my family members had savings that they had put away for years. And all of a sudden all of that was just gone, repossessed. So when you look at the culture of many of our Latino community and keeping the dollars under the mattress, it's because they, I mean, imagine yourself going through this, that the banking systems are supposed to be one of the most, the strongest institutions to save your money and that systems failed you and in a way ripped you off. So it, it, takes, um, it takes a lot for the, for the community sometimes to trust those systems. I would certainly be reticent if the place that I had migrated from took my money so <laughs> yeah and not, and it's not a it, new place it, it happens like, oh. yeah it happens more than often in um in latin american countries so um in a lot of instability politically sometimes internal civil wars i mean in some countries has been the the, the drug, drug trafficking wars so um again not i don't want to generalize not all latin american countries have gone through that sure. but there's a good sector of all latin american countries had faced those things so just Builds that distrust from the from the cultures more than anything. People carry that culture here, and they're like, ah, why you want me to put your money, my money in the bank? Ah, you know, it's safer if I have it here. Right. What's investing? We don't really have a culture of investing because um, a lot of our Latin American countries have um, suffered recessions for very long periods of time. So the the wealth gap is, you know, it's big. <laughs> so it's, it's always been. I mean, that kind of happened in the U.S. too, but that's always been part of our history. So for us, planning. For retirement money, it's you know it's not something that you do. Mm -hmm. You know you plan to survive on a day by day basis. Right. Got it. Um, a little bit of research that I did, and this is not necessarily specific to Arizona, but 
from Pew Research, they talked about how some of the top priorities for the Latino community was education, jobs in the economy, health care, um, protecting the United States from terrorism, mm -hmm. and then immigration was, uh, believe it or not, I think more people would have thought that would have been closer to the top. But from an education perspective, um, I guess we're going to hit on another large institution. Um, where do you think that the Latino community falls on that? It's a priority, but how are they doing? I think we're 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 doing um, we're doing better uh, from the standpoint that now there's a lot of organizations doing great work around the awareness uh, uh, around what is how the systems operate and what are some of the challenges that we face in some of our districts. But most importantly, I think what is the advocacy part about empowering those parents to become active in those spaces. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you run for school board? How do you how do you become involved in the PTA process? Uh, how do you lose the fear to have a conversation with your principal? You know, how do you really take control of your of your kids' education? Or how do you look for the for outside resources that can help you uh, achieve your goal as far as the education of your of your child? Um, and, and again, and, and also working in policies that may look at some of the other challenges. A lot of times parents are having to work two to three jobs to sustain their, you know, sustain their, their living. So it becomes very difficult for the parents to become involved. So this is what some organizations have looked at. Well, what's impacting those families? Is it maybe not being able to earn the wages necessarily to hold one job? So uh, there was a, an organization that worked on minimum wage increase. That was part of something that impacts education, right? Uh, entrepreneurship has been another way that the Latino community is beginning to mobilize around understanding how to develop, build wealth, and um, so that parents can have the ability to become more involved in the kids' education. So, again, it's all very positive. Uh, I think it's still in the um, beginning stages, but you're starting to see the, the impact that it's starting to have in those um, individuals who want to take a lead role and say, hey, I want to run for school board because we need representation for for this district because of the um, population, how the population is shifting in the way it looks from their student standpoint and all those things. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Yeah. I'm not sure what the, uh, do you know what percentage of the population that Phoenix, that Latinos are in Phoenix now? So uh, by 2050, uh, we will be a minority majority state. Uh, and then out of that, so out of that minority, f over, we will be the, Latinos will be the majority, majority, my, the majority of the minority, right? So I think 60% of that minority will be Latino. Okay. Uh, I think one out of every three students now enrolling into the school systems are Latino. Hmm. Um, so there's just a big population growth and shift happening, not just in Arizona, but all across the U.S. Right. Yeah. Well, Latinos, um, out of all the groups in the United States, have the most kids. So that's just, it's just going to happen. <laughs> it's yeah, just sure, going sure. to happen. Depending on what you see, most have three. Is that a lot? <laughs> well, I, it's just a matter of uh, they uh, Latinos just have more kids, huh. like the birth rate. How, how, however, that works. Yeah, sure. So yeah, we're very we're very loving people, you know. <laughs> the, that, that's that's a hundred percent correct. Sure. So the highest birth rate. I think that that was it. So, um, well, one of the other challenges that um, that I was also reading about is even just this year. Cities like Houston, and I have to imagine there's also similar here, has seen a very large decrease in the reporting of violent crimes. Mm -hmm. And that's in the Latino community because people are concerned that if they report something that they're going to get deported if they're undocumented. Yeah. 
Um, and we don't need to talk a lot about immigration today, but I think that certainly you have President Trump talking about building this, this border wall and whether you think that that's a great thing or a terrible thing, um, it certainly was dominating a large part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So um, is that, but that being said, it was number four, number five on the agenda or the top priorities for the Pew Research study. So what are your thoughts on, on immigration? Well, I, um, I mean, I don't know. I think um, it's not so much immigration that I'm concerned about. It's more about the divisive rhetoric that comes with when people look at immigration. I mean, I think especially with this last political uh, race, we saw a lot of the rhetoric that came with this agenda that uh, the immigration, and I'm talking in general, not just Latinos, that immigration may equal crime, equal, um, equal a lot of just negative things, and I don't think that's ever been the case for this country, right? So, but it's created a lot of um, divisiveness and polarization, um, and I think it's I think it's unfortunate. However, I also feel that in the positive way, in looking at the at what's been the impact, that I think it's is pushed a lot of the, the immigrant communities to really um, become more serious and active around organizing and saying, okay, mm -hmm. well, we we need to become more organized. We really need to push the envelope when it comes um, when it comes to getting more of our uh, children into college, into building wealth, into uh, opening up more businesses. Um, there's an organization, for example, who's developed a vision around Hispanic wealth. That's uh, uh, called the Hispanic Wealth Project, okay. which really is targeting uh, this vision around building more wealth for the Latino community in the next 20 years. And I think a lot of it has come from um, a lot of the negative rhetoric that has been thrown on on the, on the immigration conversation. So, um, but again, personally, uh, being an immigrant and having that story and background, I think at the end of the day, uh, me personally, I try to encourage. Uh, my community to feel like, hey, are those things true? You know, are, are, do, are we representatives of that rhetoric? And and we realize that we're not. We're not representatives of that rhetoric. So we have to hold firm to who we are and who and the contribution that we want to have to this country and understand that, um, at least in my personal, um, str not struggle, but in my personal opinion, I feel like, well, great, I have more to prove. You know, and I know America doesn't give anything, anything for free and you have to earn it earn that right and earn that position in this country. So I take it as an inspiration to just continue to do more for this country and my community and my family. Which which is awesome. Um, and you're 100% correct that the vitriol of the last election cycle and the Muslim ban that, 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 that was talked about and race and, and everything else. Um, I mean, fundamentally, we're all in this together. Right. So we need to be able to have conversations sure. about things that are bothering somebody. Or if you're worried about something, well, let's let's talk about it and let's actually educate ourselves because America is built on, you know, people moving here from other places. Absolutely. And look, and I think it's a call to responsibility. I think I, in some of the um, roundtable discussions. Um, I've always brought up the point around, well, what are we polarizing ourselves? You know, how do we actually, how do we become more aware about some of the divisions that we create within our own community? Uh, realizing that uh, what we say and how we say it, uh, how we approach things uh, impacts uh, community. Now we're feeling this effect, right, of the political rhetoric. So 
uh, again, I, what I appreciate around the community in Arizona is that they're, they're very aware around um, some doing some self-reflection and saying, hey, um, how do we also improve our own political relations internally amongst Latinos? And how do we begin to change some of that mindset and language and bureaucracies to make sure that the Latino community can become a united front? Mm -hmm. I think that's still one of the things that uh, we're very challenged by as Latinos is um, as a community, we, we haven't been able to become that united front that we've been wanting to, that we've been seeking for a very long time. Which certainly makes sense because if any group is going to, to impact change, if education is a priority for Latinos, which it clearly is from the different studies, then you need to be organized. Yeah, absolutely. To, to be able to impact change. So, well, let's talk about, about your work. Um, and I, I don't want to say something that, that, that isn't true, but I, I believe that a part of your work certainly focuses on uh, businesses that are interested in doing business with the Latino community. Yeah, so uh, some of the clients that we have are clients that have come to us because they, I, I mean, I think more than anything, it's all, all of our clients have to have an alignment in our value and, and, and our values and the vision that we have as a professional organization that uh, being a relational organization, we believe that we work with entities who can look at the Latino community, not a... Um, not, a, not only as an opportunity to grow their business and brand, but as an opportunity to contribute um, to push this community forward. So we always take a relational approach um, when clients want to come in and say, hey, Carlos, we want to understand how to work with the Latino community. I say, great, well, what are the things that you need to understand about the community? What is What are the things that you know? What is your perspective? Um, and then we work with our, our clients to help them get a better understanding uh, of how their brand can contribute to the betterment of this community, how they can be a good community partner, how it's not just about um, looking at the at the community as um, as a market, but really looking at it as a community. Right, the biggest opportunity that the Hispanic, um, the big, biggest opportunity in the Hispanic community for organizations is that uh, the brand loyalties are still, you know, Latinos haven't. I mean, in some aspects, some generation has already began to build brand loyalty, but some other ones are still um, exploring that. You know, where are we going to place our, our loyalty? And what we do know about the or about our community is that once you get loyalty, once you build that emotional connection to the brand, then the whole family comes with it, right? Um, but again, so our, our role as an organization is to make is to make sure that the companies that we work with are understanding and are focused on building that relationship and having a seat at the table. It's not enough just to come in, take our wealth, and then say, hey, that's your problem. We just wanted your money. It's more about, hey, we understand that there are, there are some issues that we can contribute to with the capacities that we have, whether it's dollars or, or whether it's um, leadership that we want to we contribute to. Um, and again, and we want to have a meaningful relationship with this community, not just come in and take their money. Not just sell to them? Yeah, not just sell. And, uh, so anyway. Well, it seems like that and was... that's more sustainable in the long term, too. Seems like that was uh, a lot of the, the talking points um, from different industries, like the financial industry, for example. It seems to me that a lot of the, the messaging was, we'll help you tap into the, the Latino community and you know it's trillions of dollars of, sure. of money and all that's fine and well. But what you're talking about is, you know, let's take a step back. You know, why is it that you want to do that? What is your perception of this community? What are you coming into this with? 
which biases sure. or, or, or preconceived notions. Let's let's start with the why, for lack of a better term, yeah. which certainly makes sense. Do you feel like there are entities or companies, industries that are doing a good job and an effective job of bridging that gap? Or yeah, I think there's a lot of organizations who are um, doing a great job with that. And I think that they are, again, because they're taking the approach of having a seat at the table. Uh, again, they know they, they understand their social responsibility to the community. Um, so I've seen plenty of organizations who are um, invested. You know, they're investing time. They're investing money. Uh, they're stepping up to the plate when they see that there's policies or issues that affect this community. Uh, and, I, and, and trust me, that goes a long way from a standpoint of the, even the way that I make my, my choices. When I'm, when I'm choosing a company, if I know X company stepped up to the plate when there was an issue that was polarizing our community, I go there. <laughs> right. I go there because I know that there's, there's a connection from a standpoint of like, hey, you, you got my back. You know, you're not only wanting my money, you got my back. So um, I, I, I get, I've seen a lot of organizations that are um, big organizations who are, like, that are, who are invested. Like I also see a lot of organizations who just don't give, you know, you can't give a crap about our community. Mm-hmm. They're just there for the dollars. Um, and again, and because the, the Latino community now is doing a lot more, is creating a lot more of their awareness and educating the consumer around, hey, understand the leverage of your dollar, right? Um, a, lot of, a lot of what you hear out there is the Hispanic buying power. It's not a power yet. You know, it's a power for the corporations that take it, but it's not really a power for the community. So right. more, more of our community is beginning to say, let's leverage that as a power. To, to consume, but to also be able to advocate for some of the needs that we have to push our community forward. Well, that certainly makes sense. So for a company that that was interested in doing business with the Latino community, um, I don't want to jump ahead, but how would they how would they engage a firm like yours? So for us, as, uh, we are we we vet all of our clients. Um, uh, so we want to make sure, first of all, that, that there's a good, um, that, that there's value alignment, that there's a good, um, that there are good principles, uh, good product, good service, uh, and that they're coming in to, to lead in the, in the space. You know, do you want to be a leader in the space? Um, so once we vet our clients, then we begin that relational process of saying, okay, well, uh, how, what, with your product, with your service, uh, how do you fill in the gap? Where is the need? Right? We help them think a little bit more outside of just marketing. We help them think about integration. How do we integrate you and how do we begin to build reputation and authority for your brand by associating you with those community leaders who will provide you that type of um, credibi- uh, credibility building in some sense. Uh, and again, and, and what are the resources outside of the product and services that you can provide the community to build that brand affinity, that brand connection? So that's that's been our approach. And again, we always challenge our clients to say, we're going to bring you in, but we're going to bring you in to take a position of leadership. I mean, we're going to bring you in to take a, take a seat at the table with, with what you do. Uh, and there's plenty of opportunities for that in the Latino community. So what our clients begin to realize is that they begin to realize that, that the value comes from a standpoint of retention. You know, everyone wants to feel like they're part of something, that everyone wants to feel like they're part of a community and that they play a critical role. So whenever we engage our clients in those spaces, they get empowered and they're like, yeah, you know, now I'm part of the community. Now I can have an opinion of her because I'm here, I'm at the table caring for a particular issue. 
Uh, and then they begin to see the impact of how loyalty play comes into play and engagement because people feel George is a good guy. You know, he's just not saying that he wants to work with the Latino community. He is part of the Latino community. He is here talking about listening to our issues. So that makes a big um, that makes a big difference in the way that um, that our clients are able to to grow their brands and scale in the market in the space in the community. Got it. So that is helping a company that's not necessarily a Latino company successfully start to do business with Latino consumers. You also have been, um, you've also been highly involved in different um, initiatives like mm-hmm. the minimum wage and things yeah. like that. So that's to a degree you're now going to consumers or to, to individuals to, to get them to go out and vote. How is that different or how do you go about that? Uh, I don't think it's, it's it's not any different. I think it's the it's always the same approach. It's always around um, uh, education, you know, bringing in a, a a solid vision and and really being able to articulate the the reason why it's important for people to become engaged. Uh, and also, again, understanding uh, like everything. I think with the minimum wage campaign, the first step of our process was understanding what's the fear, what's the sentiment. Uh, and why is it that people don't want to engage? You know, once you have that, we develop, um, we use education to counteract, to, to counteract some of those fears and some of that pushback that you get, right? Uh, and then we engage the sentiment. Really important to always engage the sentiment. What are you as a, as the as a, you feel about this particular topic? Um, and and then we develop. You know, again with the minimum wage, I think we were able to effectively develop the campaign that touched on those things. Underst- we we leverage education to change the sentiment. Right, but we were very aware of what the sentiment was and what the fear points were, uh, and then we found a lot of success. We actually found that a lot of businesses, after we were able to approach some of those fears and some of those sentiments, then became highly engaged in saying, "Oh yeah, this makes sense to me. <laughs> it makes sense why people should get more money and why actually uh, the fact that we bring more dollars into the economy by providing people an opportunity to have more in their pockets as a competitive advantage for my business." Got it. So it's all the same. It's just having a good understanding of, of where where it is that you're trying to go and, 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 and why and being organized. Yeah, and just being genuine. I think the, the genuine part of everything is important in our community. Uh, again, or, or in any community, not just our community, but in any mm-hmm. community, people can always sense when you are coming from a standpoint uh, where you're being genuine about the interest and the things that you, that you want to carry forward and how it impacts uh, and benefits the community overall. Got it. Um, we talked a little bit about how how people who are coming or who, who are migrating here from other companies they have poor experiences with with banking, for mm-hmm. example, yeah. and and so 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 they're reticent about that. Um, from a political standpoint, um, do you feel like and I should have just gotten data on this that Latinos get out and vote pretty consistently, or do they need to? I mean, we talked about how you need to sort of bring everybody together and be more organized, but mm-hmm. how do you do that? Well, I think my experience has been, and I think this is, is um, I think Latinos, I think, again, there's been great mobilization in, regist- in getting and uh, registering more Latinos to vote. That hasn't necessarily meant that there's been conversion, meaning people, you can register to vote, but then to get you to the poll to vote, it's a different story. There's a lot of challenges. I mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time, but there is a lot of other barriers that that happen with the that sometimes impede Latinos from voting. Uh, you know, sometimes again the working two three jobs or uh, 
redistricting. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that happens. But I think overall, the uh, Latino community is still working on that why, on that bigger vision around why this matters and how is this going to really have an impact in, in their communities, right? A lot of people come from a standpoint of feeling hopeless. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I vote, but it doesn't make a difference. You know, nothing has really changed in my community. It's not like my kids are getting better education. So, um, but but there is a, a group of leaders who are starting to begin to work, that are working on that, on, on crystallizing that vision in a way that it could uh, empower Latinos to say, yes, my vote matters, and yes, it's going to make a difference. Uh, and yes, I have a, a responsibility to make this happen for the future of my children. Um, so I think that's where we're at. Again, from the positive standpoint, a lot of Latinos have registered to vote. Now the next challenge for us is saying, how, how do we build a campaign to actually get them to come out and vote and understand that power? Yeah. And I, I, I really I have to believe that that is one of the, one of the things that will prove Mayor Stanton to be correct that the Latino community here in Arizona is its greatest asset mm-hmm. is contingent upon the Latino community being involved in the political process, sure. right? It's getting out and in, in, in registering to vote and then actually going and voting. Sure. Um, and it's also contingent upon, upon those leaders, you know? I mean, when you look at the local elections, you see a lot of leaders here who uh, are doing the 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 dirty work, the hard work of going out there, knocking on doors, talking to their constituents, and really helping them, building a relationship with their constituents, and then really helping them understand about the power of their vote. So, I mean, it's, grassroots never fails, right? So there's, again, a lot of people who are doing that work, uh, and now that base of volunteers is beginning to grow. So, again, I'm very optimistic that that change in time is coming, but it's just, it just takes time. You know, it takes time. For sure it does. And when I talk about people need to, to be engaged and be educated and take part in, in the process, I don't care what background or what color you are. That's, I think, part of being a good citizen of the United States of America is being engaged in the political process. Sure. And right now, I think that we're at such a, a deficit for educating and learning. It's almost like we're in a post-learning and a post-history environment where people have forgotten where we've come from and the struggles that we've already had and we're having them over and over again and and we're not really educating ourselves on a lot of these really important issues and having really important and difficult conversations sure. so so for, for for my money it's always it's always going to come down to the grassroots sure. because I can't change a national issue but if I worked to really affect those around me mm-hmm. and in my community and do the best that I can and if everybody did that, well, that would pretty much take care of all the problems. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, but again, I, 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 remain, I remain very optimistic about the future because I get to see all those people who are so passionate and give time, you know, they give so much of their time to make this happen. Um, but um, there are a lot of people that care. There are a lot of people that want to see things change. And um, a lot of times many Americans feel hopeless, but there's a lot of hope when you... I would encourage any of you that to, to, to just become involved in the organization so that, if anything, you can gain a sense of hope that Americans don't give up and we're going to continue to fight for, for the betterment of our country. And that's, again, something that always brings a lot of optimism to my heart and more, more energy to my work. Mm-hmm. God bless that. I, uh, I heard this really, really, what I would say is a pretty cool quote this morning. Um, and now I won't be able to find it on my notes, but... 
it, and, and it speaks to people who don't feel like their vote matters, hmm. but fundamentally, it's it it's it's everything, right? Sure. And the the quote was, "We are a speck of dust, and the fate of the universe hinges on us." Hmm. Yes, I'm one of uh, 165 million people that that voted in the election, even though I actually didn't vote in the presidential election. <laughs> I, I voted. Uh, and, and, and I, I voted for everybody else. I just didn't vote for for Hillary or Donald. But anyway, but your vote absolutely does matter, and the individual absolutely does matter. And I just think that if we're going to to move forward as a community here in Phoenix and make it a great place, it it depends on individuals from every background to to be fully engaged and have conversations. So that's that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> Which is super groundbreaking stuff. I like it. So, um, and the idea of the show, again, is moving from awareness to action. Mm-hmm. So your advice to to people who are interested in engaging with the Latina community, if it's they're concerned about immigration or they want to do business with Latinos, what, what would your advice be? Well, I think it's, um, I think a lot of times when I encounter um communities or individuals who want to work with the Latino community, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and fears that, uh, oh, well, I, I don't speak any Spanish, so I can work with this community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the end of the day, what I would encourage everyone to know is um, it's that we all share common grounds in the things we value, right? Uh, we all value family. We all value community. Uh, we all value respect and opportunity and law and order. Uh, Latinos are no different. You know, Latino families value exactly the same things. And I think that the Latino community also shares the common vision around our children and what we want our children to fulfill and the opportunities we want them to have. And as a Latino in Arizona, I think Latinos also have the same sense of pride around space, right? We're so prideful around Arizona and how beautiful it is and the culture and everything that offers. So just make a leap. Don't be afraid. I think the biggest thing is always that you're genuine in your approach, um, that you carry a sense of compassion as well. Uh, not only to yourself in the process, because <laughs> you may come in with some misconceptions and do some things that people may react to, but that's okay. Uh, uh, and, and and understand that the opportunity is there to engage. That again, come from a, if you come from a standpoint of values and openness and sharing your story and seeing those connections, there's so much that, that we can do. And I think that's not only for um, for. Um, people working with the Latino community, but also for Latinos trying to, you know, uh, reach across the aisle to other communities. So, again, my experience has been, uh, I mean, you and I, when we worked together at the New York Life space, I think at that time I was one or two Latinos in that space, and mm-hmm. and it was so welcoming and, and embracing, and, and I think that you, as you start started working with me in those Latino space, you found the common grounds and that we really are not that different. So, again, I, I just encourage everyone to just be brave and go out there. And, you know, if, 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 if you don't have a Latino friend, well, then find somebody who does and ask questions. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and really be genuine about the, I mean, we're all exposed to culture. So it's a lot of us have a, a genuine appreciation for the culture. Hey, that's a point of conversation. If you like carne asada burritos and that's a, something that you genuinely like with guacamole, well, shit, that could be a point of conversation. Sure. <laughs> uh, so anyhow... Um, <laughs> That would be my, my recommendation, my advice. Excellent. Well, that is certainly good advice. So how can people get a hold of you, or where can they find you? They could uh, visit our website at um, VelascoFirm, 
uh, VelascoFirm.com or uh, you could always call me. Uh, my uh, or number is 602-466-4095. Excellent. And we'll have all of Carlos's contact information in the show notes and all that good stuff. So anything else that you want to share, talk about? I, I just want to, I, I think, um, I think about, I just want to thank you and Sinari for us. Centauri. Centauri. I'm sorry, Centauri, <laughs> about that. Uh, for the for the for taking on this work and and I mean I think um, this is really helpful and very needed. You know to have these conversations around awareness and um, and again I'm here to to help in any way. If anyone wants to have a conversation around not for business but just just a general conversation for around the Latino community or things that they can contribute, help or want to understand more. Um, I mean, that, that will be the last thing I have to say. And again, thank you, George, for this opportunity. I real, feel honored to be part of this uh, podcast and the work that you're doing. And, uh, you know, you've always been a friend, so. Yes, thank you indeed. For friendship. <laughs> 15 years or 16 yeah. years now, man. So, well, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. So, um, if you like what you heard, as always, please subscribe to the show, hit like. Feel free to share us on social media. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. Good job, man.